0: This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist Mr. Dad, Armin Brott.
1: Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, the founder of MrDad.com. Things have certainly changed since the days when nervous fathers were confined to pacing the waiting room, cigars in hand. Today's dad's are more actively involved in childbirth than ever before but if you're like many guys you may feel unprepared or unsure about how you can help in this part of today's show we're going to be going over some time-tested tips to help you get in the game and prepare you for one of the most incredible adventures of your life our guest is Brian Salmon who is a dad a doula and a certified lactation counselor and yes It's a guy we're talking to, and he is a doula and a certified lactation counselor. It doesn't sound exactly like a guy's kind of work, but he is fantastic at it. And he has got all sorts of practical modern-day survival strategies, especially for dads and birth partners. And we're going to be talking about pretty much everything you're going to need to know about how to support your partner through birth, breastfeeding, and beyond. And we'll also talk about how to discover the best ways to maintain a strong connection with your partner as you launch into the wild yet wonderful world of parenthood. I'm Armin Brott. We'll start talking about dads, pregnancy, childbirth, and more right after this. More with Mr. Dad,
0: Armin Brott. after this. From the MrDad.com radio network.
1: Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and my guest for this part of today's show is Brian Samon, who is the author of The Birth Guide's Go-To Guide for New Dads, How to Support Your Partner Through Birth, Breastfeeding, and Beyond. Brian, thanks for joining us.
0: Armin, thanks for having me. This is very exciting. You know, I'm a big fan of yours, as I reached out to you three years ago, to tell you that. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's exciting to be here today.
1: Yeah. So why don't you tell us about The Birth Guide and what it is that you do?
0: Well, okay. So I'm a doula. So I attend typically between eight and 15 births a month, and I'm also a lactation counselor, certified lactation counselor. So I do a lot of lactation consulting, and I teach. I teach uh, birthing classes. Um, they're a little different. I have a, a class called Rocking Dads for Dads. Another one, Rocking Moms for Moms. And one called Rocking Grands for Grandparents. And then I teach private classes and and breastfeeding classes with a pediatrician named Sky of the Deuce and the Rocking Moms class I typically teach with an OB. Her name is Kelly Morales. Really fun, just kind of a little different type of birthing class.
1: Don't you get a little pushback if you're teaching a breastfeeding class as a guy?
0: You know, it's really funny because. my class is super popular, and and I do have you know, a female with me, not because she's a female, because she's a great doctor and she understands breastfeeding. She did it, so I, I've never really received pushback from the public. It's always been from competitors when I first started out. You know, 15 years ago, it was it was a little rough for the first 10 years. <laughs> so, but now you know I could have. Made a name for myself i 'm very affiliated with with one of the hospitals here in San Antonio, and I do a lot of work with them. They support my classes they, they host them and uh, I do you know i 'm pretty, pretty pretty active in the community
1: good no i I, I always give an example when i 'm teaching my classes for expectant fathers about the fact that breastfeeding is very much an on the job training kind of thing, and sometimes it doesn 't work for everybody. And so you'll need, you may need to get some help. And to emphasize the fact that it's an on-the-job training kind of thing, I, I tell them about my first child who was 29, amazingly enough, but who just, you know, the whole breastfeeding thing just wasn't working, so we called down to the nursery back then. You had to do that. And uh, a, a young male nurse came in to show my wife how to breastfeed, which I thought was just endlessly entertaining. But uh, so now it's not quite, obviously, it, things have changed somewhat in, in a good way.
0: You know it's cool because I have to tell you. So, you know, like you said, it's an on-the-job training thing. I, I, I definitely stress that. But it's also about confidence and headspace. And partners really lend a big hand to the success of how breastfeeding goes. And the biggest thing partners can do besides support, tell mom how great she's doing, is to call for help when you need it immediately because it spirals down really quickly with breastfeeding, and it shouldn't be. The thing is we made it very whether it's a male or a female helping you know, it doesn't really matter because it's just mechanics you know and it's how you're holding the baby what you're doing because babies in the beginning you know the first the first few weeks they are running on reflexes so it's all reflex reaction. So, so whether it's where you put the nipple, whether it's how you're holding the baby and stimulating the baby, if you're someone scratching the baby's foot, I had that happen before. Mom mom came into town, and this person in particular was a physician here in town, a friend of mine, and she was doing great with her breastfeeding, and her mom came to town, and it just started spiraling down while they came over to my house, and her mom and her are sitting on the couch, and, and her mom's sitting right next to her, because they're very close, and, and, and she starts feeding the baby, and her mom starts scratching the baby's foot. <laughs> and, and I'm like, have you been doing that since you got here? And she goes, Oh, I can't help it. I love touching the baby. I'm like, There's your problem. <laughs> That's it, you know. And it's so funny. Because so so you know, basically understanding the reflex, doing you know, its reflexes and also that moms are, you know, they, they they feel very very insecure sometimes about it because our society's made breastfeeding sound know, like it's the hardest, most difficult thing when we didn't really have a choice, you know, a hundred years ago. <laughs> or you didn't have a living baby, you know.
1: Exactly. No, yeah, so there were not a lot of that's, options. That's yeah. Well, you start off the book by talking, or not exactly starting off. It's pretty close to the beginning, but starting off about preparing your relationship and yourself for parenthood. How do you do that as as a guy?
0: Well, it's difficult because I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, that's why I teamed up with Kirsten Berner, my co-author. She is uh, she has baby prep parents, and that's what she does. She gets people prepared for for this. She's also a postpartum specialist, and uh, for me, you know, I we have a, a split family. Me and my my ex we co parent really well. We got two beautiful daughters, and I wish we were together because so I would like to see my girls every day, not every other week. You know, but we do we do you know turn them around to each other pretty easily. However, not everybody does that, so I would like to see more people stay together. And I find that with my my clients, we really work on that aspect of it, especially with my with my dual clients. I want them to go into the birth room really strong and stronger than than they were. When they got pregnant, for sure, because people don't really realize how low. I mean, how not low that intimacy. The fruit of intimacy is hanging off the tree. You know what I mean? It's not. It's way up high, and you gotta to work to get it. And it takes it takes some uh, you know, some tricky maneuvering sometimes. A lot of people don't tend to their relationship when they get pregnant. They tend to start thinking about you know what stroller they need and what car they need to buy and do they need a new house and you know what what about our baby shower? What about our gender reveal? And they're they're forgetting about their relationship and, and what's going on. Their their conversations aren't the same anymore. They they may be trying to to get their their house culture together and they're not agreeing on things. You know. That's, it's a pretty big deal. You know, things change. You have to be really aware of what's going on. and Carve out that time for each other to to strengthen your relationship, so that you you guys can handle it as a team.
1: Well, how do you suggest people do that? That's one of the hardest things, especially as the pregnancy progresses and you get closer and closer, is that there's less and less to talk about. You're not spending time hanging out with your friends. You're not spending time at work as much, and it it slowly slowly becomes the twenty four hour baby channel where oh the baby did this the baby did that and then yeah, no and then kidding, once right. the baby shows up so, it's the baby did this and the baby did that except now there's the actual baby and plus you're not sleeping and not having sex and not hanging out with friends and it, 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 there yeah. seems like a, a massive wall of things that are are conspiring against you.
0: Okay, so that's that that the. That starts before he comes, and working towards that. And the biggest thing that I see that separates for guys, uh, and even even my lesbian couples, I see the the person who is not pregnant tends to feel, you know, like they're just not being heard, and that uh, this person doesn't get me anymore, and blah blah blah. Well, the problem is, the pregnant mom wants to see that person making a transition from dude to dad, you know, and that transition going from dude to dad. Isn't always easy. So we need to have uh, some some things for them to do. And when I teach rocking dads, I teach and I always say, I've got the pregnant panty droppers. This is one of them. You guys write it down. And so I give them little things to do, like like sitting down with a piece of paper and a pen and getting your partner over and saying, okay, let's list 10 things we used to like to do before we got pregnant. And you list some of the stuff you used to like to do, right? And then you cross out the ones that you can't do with the baby. And then together you fill in those blanks you go baby I think this is important so we you know we know what you know we you know our future looks like and we can we can start planning to do some of these fun things with the baby so we don't isolate ourselves because people always say your life ends when the baby comes and that's not true it begins it's how you look at it and I, I mean I really enjoy being a parent and I, I know you do too. But, you know, there are those realities of that the sex slows down for a little bit sometimes. And you got to stop at the beginning because mom's got to heal. You know, sometimes it's six to eight weeks if she's breastfeeding or 12 to 15 if she's not. You know, and, and so that's a long time, 12 to 15 weeks is a long time. You guys, the, the, the audience that's listening is going, uh, we are so breastfeeding <laughs> but uh, for the guys, right? But nonetheless, it's, you know, you, you've got to work on doing things like that, showing mom that you're concerned about what, like, what you guys are doing together for the baby as a family. That makes a big, huge difference in how receptive uh, the female partner is. The other thing is, you know, I have my clients cut out time for each other. I assign them to do things like slow dancing, eye gazing. Um, dad, I teach dads how to do like midwifery massage and some rebozo moves. And, and I have them cut out time to do that during the week. So every day they, they're cutting out some time.
1: What, what kind of moves? You said reboso I don't know what that is
0: nine-foot scarf <laughs> it's nine feet by two feet generally is what we use in in my business and there's all these different moves that you can do that give pain relief to mom with them they're totally ninja and cool there's actually um new harbinger my publisher we put up a video of some of the rebozo moves and if you guys go to my facebook it's just brian the birth guy on facebook look under my videos in, and that video is up there
1: Wow. Okay. I never even heard of it.
0: No, you're not a doula. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) right. You're an amazing author and an amazing uh, public figure.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. I feel so much better now. Talking with Brian Salmon, who's the author of The Birth Guy's Go-To Guide for New Dads, How to Support Your Partner Through Birth, Breastfeeding, and Beyond. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to Brian about the beyond part of of parenting. I'm Armand Brandt, and you're listening to Positive Parenting.
0: Feeding America is working to make that perfect
1: day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to
0: growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org.
1: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
0: I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know?
1: Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future.
0: Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. As an alternative to recycling? Yeah, an alternative. So we, like, don't have to do it. Recycling. There are lots of planets. Finding one is just a matter of time. Many people say that recycling is pretty simple and convenient... A matter of keeping select items out of the trash. A lot simpler than finding a new planet, Tommy. Come on, there's a bunch of planets out there. Would you recycle on this new planet, Tommy? Or just use it up and throw it away too? I I really don't have a clue.
1: Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle. Unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's.
0: Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting.
1: Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny, log on to you gotta be Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armand Broad. If you're just joining us talking with Brian Salmon, who is the author of the birth guys go to guide for new dads. And we were just talking about well, about uh, dancing with scarves, which sounds sexier than uh, than it probably is. Or maybe may, maybe not.
0: Well, you can make it sexy. It depends on you know your moves.
1: <laughs> I um, guess sure you got a few. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> not not with teenagers around. I don't anymore. Uh, and, you know, I
0: have a teenager, Eva. She just turned 14 in January, and it's it's been so wild watching her grow because she ran into a little bit of a problem. She, she got Lyme disease. It was pretty sick for a little while there. We had actually had her get stem cell treatment and stuff, so she got better but it definitely, her personality changed, but watching her so focused now as a young woman, she's she's so focused, she's an opera singer, and she's going to be performing at Carnegie Hall next month. I can't believe it. Wow. No, wild.
1: Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things wow. that uh, that comes up a lot in, in the classes that I teach and obviously a lot more in the classes you teach is for dads trying to figure out a way to be supportive Yet, not lose track of the fact that their life is changing too, and that the birth of the baby is going to be a, a transitional experience for them so how do you how do you help guys to be able to be supportive but also experience it in in a meaningful way
0: That's only question okay so that is very important what i do is i like to open up communication between my my clients and i, I have them do something towards the end especially i have them do a, a gratitude a little exercise every morning and if they have another child in the family they bring the child in too and you, you speak you you write something down of, of gratitude you have for your partner something your partner does something about your partner about your partner's personality how your partner makes you feel something they may have done for you like maybe my partner bought me some ice cream mixture. I love that you bought me the perfect ice cream yesterday or something like that you know just, just doing this little exercise for the, the last couple weeks of their pregnancy really kind of brings that home to, to paying attention and remembering who they're with and why, instead of going a miserable pregnant, don't touch me, you know, whatever's going on. You know, I try I think a lot of them with when they're doing this massage and rebozo work and this care, it, it makes mom more receptive to being physical and touched um by her partner because she sees that other side of the care. You know? Mm-hmm. And then in turn she wants to care for her partner. So I also assigned them to do mom massage for 15 minutes, dad massage for 15 minutes. So they're both
1: giving something to each other,
0: too. Does that make
1: sense? Oh, yeah. No, that's very nice. So what? uh, Yeah, I want to actually, just because this has Mm -hmm. been stuck in my mind here about you being a a breastfeeding coach. um, Sure. All right. So this is going to sound like a a complete guy question, but there's actually a... a, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. When you Mm -hmm. are coaching breastfeeding, is there another woman in the room with you? you?
0: know. Usually it's the partner who's in the room with me because okay. when I do lactation consults, I like the partner or some sort of support to be there because they're spending $120 on me, $140 to any of the yeah. house call or not and, and where, and I want there to be somebody to retain some of this knowledge and help them because mom's going to forget. Most likely she's tired. It's been a long one. You know, if they, there's two of them together, one can take notes or yeah. whatever. So not necessarily. And when I'm in the hospital, you know, gosh, you know, all this staff, so well. We're all really close friends. And it was ever gotta be. They leave me alone. They know I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the first latch with my client. And they know that we're successful when we do it. So So, you know, I typically don't have problems after that because. Once you get that first latch down, and baby and mom kind of get what they're doing, mom can direct baby a lot easier mm-hmm. and faster. And Parker can see when she's slacking it and like forgetting to hold yeah. the baby. So when you are holding the baby, like like in the beginning, you can't do Mother Teresa. You know, you can't hold the baby all with both arms. And when you're trying to breastfeed, you have to hold with one arm. So I call it boob hand, baby hand. You know? But yeah. no, I don't have a, another female in the room with me.
1: Well, I, I was wondering I could, more for be. for supervising <laughs> problems or for or for legal issues, I guess. I mean, are, are you, do you have to touch someone's breast in order to help out funny. with that? That's
0: a great question. Armin, I always say this. This is so funny. I say this in in my, in my breastfeeding class. I go, you know, perso- professionally, I rarely have to touch a breast. Personally is a different story. <laughs> okay. But professionally, I tell because a lot of people, you know, you hear the stories of you. You've had a baby. Maybe the nurse went and grabbed the baby's head got mom's boob with her baby on mom's boob, right? Yeah. What does that do for mom? Not much besides the baby's eating that time. Mom didn't learn how to do it. So I instructed mom on how to do it. I wear gloves, and I, and I rarely have such a breast. Well, there's, there's times when we're in the hospital. Mom's like, please help me. Or dad's like, please help us because we're trying to extract colostrum because their baby had to go to the NICU, and right. mom's not getting it. And so we
1: have to show her how to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was where, I, where I'm where i going with this is that, that you talk People. about the importance of of dads participating in, in breastfeeding and sure. helping with the process, because when the dad is encouraging and helpful, it's, it's going to help the mom. But yes. I can imagine that there could be some some tension if a dad is sitting there and then you have to you know, you touch his partner's breast. It just it just seems like it could just get weird.
0: Never has it, has it been like that, okay. ever. And I work with so many people. Like, gosh, I did, I did, this last week I've done uh, probably 10 lactation consults. And and I'm telling you, in my whole career it's never been weird because the intention is different. And, I, and I'm a different personality, too. Most people feel pretty comfortable around me. I'm pretty easygoing and, and warm and, you know, not like... You know, not creepy. <laughs> At least I, I, I guess I'm not, because people are hiring me. But that's
1: I, uh, yeah, you—you you must be okay.
0: Yeah, I'm—I'm pretty popular. The doctors all send to me, and you know, all the OBs know me and, and refer to me, and you know, we're pretty. I've got a tight reputation here in the city. Uh, you know, so but what what I tell people is, this is. Not it's not, it's not necessary for me to touch a breast because mm-hmm. you can just instruct mom here, move your hand here. I'll, I'll, I will i will touch her hand and put it on on the baby's neck or something. Then hold your boob like this and I'll show her with mine. I'm only an A cup, but you know she can still get the point. So.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but, all right. That was that was yeah, enough of my where where my head went with all of this. Just uh, just uh, that, that I understand.
0: Yeah. At first I'm going. Gosh, I hope people don't ever crap like that. But, no,
1: you know, I, I, my, I...
0: My reputation is so strong, and, and, you know, I'm very respectful to people. I want people to have... that. I mean, people are almost too comfortable with me. When yeah. I do my house calls with my clients as a follow-up, I, I follow up at their house, right, to make sure... Usually when moms' milks come in, because that's when moms get a little bit sure about about breastfeeding, because suddenly their boobs are really firm and hard, the baby's not latching the same, and the baby they may have forceful flow at first. So we have to work with that because the baby's gagging and pulling off the breast. You know, it's to, to yeah. shift some things, right? Modify, it.
1: right? Um, so, Brian, I want to. The minute we, I we the
0: door, man, that boob comes out. I'm like, oh, well, hi. <laughs> we
1: we only have just a minute left, but I want you to talk about one or other area where where dads may feel a little bit out of sorts, and that is when when pushing starts happening during the birth. Uh, yeah. and, and something that I, I tell the guys is that they, they should obviously try to be as involved in the labor as they possibly can. But when when it's time to push, you probably want to let the nurses take the lead on on that part of it, the, well, the, the labor and delivery nurses. What's your perspective on that?
0: My perspective is um, I want dads off the bench and on the field. And I want them to be a participatory person in it because that gives mom more confidence. So they have something more to think about. You know, some of the doctors I deliver with will even let the dad catch the baby.
1: And right. Doing you know, help right. catch.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that. It's really fun. And so, but what we do is typically I'll hold one leg if mom's pushing on her back. I'll be on one side and put dad on the other side of the table for squatting or for hands and knees. You know, hands and knees, I like dad in front of mom so that they can make eye contact. You know, and so he's coaching mom, and he's the one that mom cares about the most. She's gonna find most comfort in him, right? Right. Not, not in the nurse. So, so I want him that way. The other thing is, if we're pushing on the back, I'll hold the leg for mom, help her balance the leg, um, and then he'll hold the other leg, and then the nurse is freed up, and she loves that. And then you know, we call we call, he doesn't push. Call the push. Usually, I call the push. You know, take a deep breath, hold it. You know, push, 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 two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let it out. Take another breath in, and let's get back at it. But you know, and, and when dad's counting with us and the whole room starts to count and mom starts feeling, you know, very enthusiastic about it because she's got all this support. It's pretty lovely.
1: Brian Salmon is the author of the Birth Guys Guy Go To Guide for New Dads, how to support your partner through birth breastfeeding and beyond. And the website again or the you said the Facebook page.
0: Pages, uh, Brian, Brian the birth guy Okay. On Instagram I'm birth guy and we have a cool website just for the book with the book trailer on it and that's called the birth guy book cool
1: Brian thank you so much
0: I mean, it was a pleasure and it was really nice to hear from you again
1: dear mom and dad one thing I've learned in the army is that when you're lucky enough to get a little time off you should put it to good use so I'm taking a moment to write and tell you that I'm fine and doing well We have good days and bad days over here. We try to remember the good ones and get through the bad ones as best we can. Mostly we have each other, and that's what keeps us going. That and the pride of our commitment to getting the job done, whatever it takes. I miss you all very much and can't wait to get back to life as usual. Please tell everybody hello for me, and that I'll be home soon. And mom, since you asked, if anyone wants to help, just tell them to contact the USO. You can't believe how much they do for us. With love, your son, Michael.
0: The USO depends on the generosity of the American people, people just like you. To find out how you can help, visit us at uso.org. The USO, until everyone comes home.
1: Hello, welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and it's time for a Parents of Place segment. Doing art projects, regardless of your level of artistic talent, is one of the best ways we know to spend quality time with your family. Here are some of our current faves. Paint your own stepping stone from Creative Roots. If you and or your young child love gardening, this cute art kit lets you add a little personality and personalization to your outdoor tableau. The kit comes with a 7-inch ceramic stepping stone, 6 different paints, and a paintbrush. Just mix your colors, paint your stone, and voila. It's for ages 5 and up, costs about 8 bucks, and you can find out more at horizongroupusa.com. The Protest Stencil Toolkit from Lawrence King. Art can reflect or spark social movements, and with this stark utilitarian collection of stencils, you and your family can create slogans and striking visual messages about the issues that are important to you. The kit contains plenty of classic images from the major 20th century movements, along with new ones that reflect the major issues of the day, including the economy and the environment. It's for activists of all ages. Costs about 16 bucks, and you can get more information at lawrenceking.com. Aqua beads beginner studio. This kit comes with more than 800 aqua beads, templates, trays, a bead pen, a peeler, a sprayer, and everything else you need to create easy, colorful art. Just place the beads on the tray. If you need some inspiration, you can slip a template under the tray itself and match the beads to the template. When you're done, spray the beads with water. 20 minutes later, your creation will be dry enough to peel off the tray and handle. It's for ages 4 and up, costs under $15, you can get more information at aquabeadsarts.com/en-us. Lightbright from Hasbro. Lightbright has been around since 1967 and the new version looks pretty much like the old one or, that you or your parents may have had decades ago. You still get a variety of colorful translucent pegs as well as a number of retro templates or you can go freestyle and create your own designs. Then turn on the light and admire your masterpiece in four different modes, from steady light to blinking light. The big differences between the old light bright and today's version are that there are more colors and the lights are brighter. That means that the fun and the sense of accomplishment you get when you flip that switch are just like you remember. It's for all ages, costs under $26. You can get info and more design ideas at basicfun.com magic pen from Ontel. another way to light up your art experience use the included dual sided markers to draw whatever you'd like or trace almost any image it's easy since the magic pad screen is clear then turn on the light and dazzle your audience and yourself best of all when you're done just wipe off the screen and you're ready to start again if you need a break from creating art you can play games like tic tac glow or use the pad to add an element of fun to learning math, spelling, and more. It's for ages three and up, it costs about $14. You can find out more information at buymagicpad.com.